In this episode, I'm going to do a follow-up to Season 1, Episode 41, How to Be a Professional Gray Man. To answer this question, Dave Robertson sent me an email from one of his listeners who got sent over to Season 1, Episode 41. I thought I'd do a follow-up for him and anybody else who's interested. And the question reads, in your dealings with government and military, have you had any experience with the intelligence community? I'm asking out of curiosity, wondering what sort of talent they look for or what it takes to get a foot in the door. Thought you might have a video podcast or something that might provide these answers. He did. He sent them to me. I got those answers and I got more. I'm going to do some updates on some of the different career fields that exist out there. We're going to focus mainly on the two most popular agencies, NSA and CIA, although there are several intelligence agencies, numerically more than what they list on the internet. In the neighborhood of 20, give or take, probably give. But there's a lot of similarities in what they look for, the type of talent they recruit, people that get in there through the military channels, people that get in there after the military, people that get in there with nothing to do with the military for all kinds of reasons. So what kind of talent they were looking for? That's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. The only thing funnier to me than listening to somebody talk about something they don't understand is when I understand it and they're talking to me. I've actually had conversations like this about how to get your foot in the door. In the intel community, we're going to focus on more of the civilian side, the big agencies, as I think that's really what the question's asking, what kind of things they look for. There is no right answer. That's the first thing you're going to learn listening to this. But there are methods and ways to get in there that Sometimes people get in from the military, sometimes after the military, sometimes through college, sometimes without any of those. It really just depends on what they're looking for and what they need. It's kind of funny. CIA made the news a few months ago because they updated their website and put out new commercials that made them look like a diversity hire. They revamped and focused a lot on diversity of the ethnicities and different types of people and backgrounds and their loving, wonderful workplace. And everybody made fun of it like, well, it's about time thing is, CIA has been pretty diverse for a long time. Yeah, in the beginning, it was a lot of old white dudes, but they've been diverse for a very long time, longer than most people would even have accepted it when diversity wasn't a cool thing to do back when we were really screwed up. The reason for it is, like I've said before, they got to send people around the world, people that have lived abroad, different ethnicities, different language skill sets, comes with all kinds of colors and races and creeds and religions and orientations, all of which are a benefit to that world. If you're going to go somewhere physically and collect intelligence, it's advantageous to have somebody that's going to naturally fit in, especially if they're from that part of the world, are from that ethnicity. It's great to go to, say, a language school and become fluent, but it's better to be a native speaker. There are nuances to language and tones and dialects and slang that native speakers have that are hard to pick up and use properly when you're fluent. That just speaks to the idea of the diversity that has been there for some time. Now, it's not necessarily the case with all careers, but generally it is in most fields and most agencies. But for places like CIA, it's definitely true that you're going to move. They don't have field offices that you can go train and work out of and get assigned to necessarily. Well, you can't get assigned to them, but much farther down the road. You're going to relocate to the National Capital Region. They're going to list it as the Washington, D.C. area. You're going to spend some time in D.C. and Virginia and Maryland and all those wonderful places. Same thing holds true with the NSA. 
Other agencies are required to come to those areas and train or get educated, but you'll definitely travel there to deal with your interviews. And interviews are a fun process. When you go to their website, you can read about the interview process and things like background investigations. Background investigations in the intel community, places like CIA and NSA, are unlike anything you can even dream of. They are very, very in-depth. They are going to find everything. And that's okay. You just have to be honest about it when you're asked questions on your interview. They're going to evaluate your trustworthiness, your loyalty, and your character. And while that sounds vague, that's really what they're doing. The polygraph interview that they do is not going to be like what we see on TV or what they do in police stations or lawyers want you to do when you go to court. It's a whole different type of polygraph setup that's very invasive and can be very personal. And it's there for a very good reason because you're being put in a position no matter what job it is. And some jobs are very, very sensitive. They're all sensitive. Some are access to very sensitive information. They want to make sure they're hiring the right people to do that job. In addition to that, you're going to have physical and psychological examinations. You're going to have in-depth medical screenings, medical checkups. They're going to be checking for diseases. They're going to ask you for medical records. They're going to get medical stuff from wherever they can. And it's far more in-depth than anything. And they're going to make sure that you have all the physical requirements and are healthy in order to do the job that you're applying for. The thing is, to some degree, you're going to do all of these things no matter what job you apply for. It's just how they're performed might be different. Certain things on, say, an assessment during a polygraph may be a little different parts of it for some jobs. But in general, large portions of it are the same for everything. There are certain things that can disqualify you. One of them is association on social media with the intelligence agency you're looking at. If you're looking at joining the intel community on the civilian side, if you currently follow, receive emails, or anything digitally gets sent to you or that you're signed up for for that agency, but more importantly, any of them, stop that right away. They do not allow anybody to be a part of that. And here's the thing. If you think you're going to go set up a fake account and then go get on board with following their social media, that's not going to fly. They're going to find it. Other things that get you is the types of responses you get or the fact that you're deceptive. They're very good at detecting deception. The fact that you don't respond, aren't honest with them, is what's going to get you burned, whether you're taking the polygraph or not. So when you're doing an interview and assessment, the best thing you can do is be open and honest to the best of your knowledge and ability at all times. It's better to go that route and find out there's something that they just don't think you're the right fit for, or maybe they offer you another type of position then to find out that you didn't respond or deceptive when you didn't need to be and you get cut out of there and to find out other than that you were an ideal candidate or more than likely you'll walk away wondering, was I an ideal candidate? And you'll never actually know. Other things are a criminal past and criminal behavior. They can give you more in-depth about that. Like all government jobs, felonies are an absolute no-go. Misdemeanors can be too, depending on what they are. So you got to be aware of that. Any type of known misuse or abuse of alcohol and medications or illegal drugs or drugs that were illegal at the time you use them can be enough to get you burned. Does that mean if you smoke pot once in high school at a party, you're going to get cut out for it? Not necessarily. A lot of people do that. Just be honest about it. Other things would just be lack of candor or dishonesty at any point. If they identify any form of dishonesty, you're done. 
It doesn't matter. You could be in training, going to be an operations officer at the farm, and you could be dishonest during training about something that happened that they're already going to know the answer to, and they're going to cut you right there. They're looking for people that will be honest at all times because that's the requirements to work there. And that's really what you got to remember. Honesty, forthright. Be true to yourself and what you're looking to do. Now, going off the CIA's website, I'm going to read a list of about 20 or so jobs they're currently hiring for. They have, these are in alphabetical order. They have accountants. I think we all know what those are. Administrative professionals. Those are customer service type duties, secretary, administrative work, that type of stuff. Analytic methodologists develop methods to add rigor to intelligence analysis and collection through statistical and mathematical assessments, geospatial modeling. Application developers develop and deploy information software systems to enhance capabilities to collect, produce, and disseminate intelligence. Architect and project managers. Yep, they hire architects. Take projects from conception to occupancy. Attorneys, both honors and lateral. Automotive mechanics. Business analytics officers. Cartographers. They are looking for cartographers. They always are, actually. Research, design, produce thematic and reference maps. Cartographers are a big part of intelligence collection. Clinical psychologists work with highly motivated individuals overseas and locally. Clinical psychologists have a lot of different roles, including in what would equate to a deployed environment, although they don't use those types of terms, as well as internally. Collection management officers, they drive the collection of foreign intelligence and manage dialogue between U.S. consumers and directorate of operations. Communications officers, they meet with customers, write articles, and other communication products, and advise senior leaders. Now, that was page one. I was wrong. There's like 13 pages. I'm going to skip through. There's contract stuff, cyber operations, cybersecurity, cyber research, threat analysis, data engineering. Let's go to the next page. Forensics, targeting. There's a fellowship program for people in college. There's If you're in college and you want to look at going to an intelligence agency, they all have some sort of fellowship program. Economics, publications officers, training specialists, publishing, legal attorneys, IT specialists, environmental attorneys, equal employment opportunity specialists, executive protection, Freedom of Information Act attorneys. Let's see, fire protection, foreign language instructors. Let's see, what else do we got? Graduate studies in computer science. There's a lot of graduate study listings for different things. Those are probably related to the fellowship program because I'm just going to scroll through those really quick. I'm not going to read them all. Graphic designers, human resources, inspector generals. They've got a lot of positions inside the inspector general office. In fact, it looks like we're getting to about a dozen of those. Litigation attorneys, there's a lot of things in the legal world that they are hiring for. Military analysts, motor vehicle operators. They want regular people to drive people around on their facilities. Lots of things under multidiscipline. They have a museum you can work in. Health nurses. Open source exploitation, that's open source intelligence. Paralegals, paramilitary operations officer. That's one of the cooler jobs people have heard about. Lead and manage covert action programs and collect foreign intelligence vital to national security policymakers. Let's see, physical security, physicians, physicians assistants, police officers, 
political analysts, polygraph examiners. See, you could get hired to be a polygraph guy and turn around and then do polygraphs on everybody else in the supply. Psychiatrists, research psychologists, science, technology, and weapons analysts, analyze foreign weapons development and proliferation, cyber warfare, engineering technology, and foreign intentions and capabilities. Sign language interpreters, staff operations officers, provide integration between CIA headquarters and director of operations field offices. Targeting analysts, targeting officers, we are almost done. Tax attorneys, a lot of things to say technical, a lot of technical positions. Telecommunications, truck drivers. So you get a couple more pages, and I'm skipping through a lot of them. Bunch of undergraduates, so they have graduates and also undergraduate listings for the fellowship program. Not all, but most places have graduate or undergraduate positions somewhere within the different directorates and offices. And there's a whole two and a half pages just on undergraduates. And see, utility engineer, video specialists, videographers, warehousemen, packer, and crater. The reason I read over that was to say that we think spy when we hear things like CIA. We think spy. We think spy because of the movies and the Cold War, and they exist there. But that's only a small part of it. There's a lot of jobs in those places, just like when I was a kid, when I was young in military, I thought soldier, and I thought soldier had a rifle and went out, jumped in and out of trenches and fought the war, and later on come to find out just about every job in the civilian world exists in the military. Not exactly true with the intelligence community, but there's a lot more jobs available than people realize. I don't think people know that or are thinking about it completely. Now, going over a similar list on the NSA's website, they list their career fields, which is a shorter list. Inside the career fields, they'll have more specifics for the roles. They have intelligence analysis, intelligence collection, foreign language analysis, computer sciences, cyber, engineering and physical sciences, mathematical sciences, business accounting and budget, inspection, investigation, and compliance, law and legal services, medical and occupational health services, security and law enforcement, human resources, education and training, general administrative support, communication and public affairs, infrastructure and logistics. Now, why they list them in overall categories, that pretty much sums up the same thing that was on the CIA website, the types of things that they're looking for. When you open one up, like say cyber, it gives you a kind of a Sounds good paragraph, but doesn't really say much. A list of education experience they're looking for. Understand that you don't have to have all these, but the more you have, the more advancements and training you have in them, and the more unique it is, is what's going to help you get in if it fits to a position you're looking for. So for cyber, an example of education experience is computer engineering, networking and security, information assurance, computer science, computer programming, insurance certification, technology or information systems. Example positions, but not all. Network defense analyst, network operator, development specialist, just to understand how those go. Now, intelligence collection, your mission is to acquire vital information needed to produce intelligence. It's real down and dirty what an intelligence collector is. They're looking for experience in education and applied social sciences, history, government, political science, anything in intelligence, international affairs, international relations, international studies, library science or information sciences, social sciences, Examples are anthropology. In the science listing, they give examples like chemistry and biology. They're looking for hard sciences. So when they're looking for soft sciences, they'll specifically lift those jobs in any of these things. So just to point out, there's a lot of things available there. 
So the thing you got to ask yourself, if you want to work in the intelligence community, are you thinking spy? Are you thinking that you have another passion or something you're already involved in, but you want to work with an intelligence agency contributing to ongoing operations, helping them find better people, contributing to the health and safety of their people or abroad, working with computers. There's So there's all kinds of things is what I'm saying. There's all kinds of things of skills you may already have or things you're thinking about studying in college or in college now or that you've done as a career that can translate into those fields. The other thing too is if you're going to college or you're thinking about getting into your graduate program, but you wanted to go work at CIA and you weren't aware, but you are now, hey, there's all these jobs and positions available. You should go check those out because maybe that graduate study program you're thinking about getting into actually is going to help you go work there. And the thing is, if you have a graduate studies program in one of those fields, but you want to go say spy route, so finish your graduate degree and going to apply for that. It'll only help you, even if that's not the field you're trying to get into. You're still going to answer all kinds of questions. You're still going to go through the same interview process. And then maybe you get a chance to say, well, we're not sure you're right for the spy game, but because you have this graduate degree, you know, and you did some time in a clinic somewhere doing this, whatever, we have a position you might be interested in in this other directorate. So that's something to consider. So don't sell yourself short or don't think that like any job, if you don't get it, you can't go back and try again or try for a different one. Another thing too is NSA lists all the educational programs they have, such as internships, co-ops, scholarships, fellowships, and also high school programs. Many of the agencies have programs like this. So you can find out like if you're young or you got a kid who's interested in this and they're in high school, they actually have programs at the NSA for, for high school students. Now here's the cool thing about it. You could go do that with the NSA and do one of these high school programs. They have three or four of them. Let's say you have a good time and like it, but that's not where they want to work. They want to go work at CIA, NRO, NGIC, somewhere else. No problem. You still have that as part of your resume that you did that training and had that experience. That only helps you. So don't limit yourself thinking some experiences aren't going to be good for you or that there's a right way to do it. If you don't know somebody that's gone through this whole process that works there and has worked there as a career, then you really don't know anything about what you're saying if you think, it should be done this way. It shouldn't be done that way. All you're doing is putting limits up to your capabilities and what you can do to achieve success or to get hired into any of these programs. Now, that being said, one of the things I said at the beginning, there's people that get into this that have nothing, have none of these. Example is when the global war on terror started and we were interrogating abroad, CIA started bringing people in that never would have considered applying. Some of them were older that were even professors or teachers that had specialties in behavior psychology, different types of soft sciences that would have applied to interrogation. And they talked to them, interviewed them, and brought them on board. There's even cases where they showed up at people's houses looking to talk to them. And sometimes it was just through a reference or because somebody read a book or saw a paper they'd wrote. So that can happen. But again, it's typically going to be a situation where it's a career. Somebody's been doing it a very long time. And they have a special need. So there are ways to get in there that just kind of happen, but don't count on those. They're few and far between. One of the things I can tell you, though, especially at that level, places like CIA, if you go work there, especially if you go work in anything that's collection, targeting, or operations, or even like cyber stuff, 
anything involving real world missions directly where you have direct knowledge of it, even if you're an analyst on it. It doesn't matter what you think or believe or what your politics are, your religion or any of those things. You will never see the world the same way again. That much I can guarantee you. You will never see the world the same way. You will see things differently. You will understand things differently. You will see people differently. You will realize the types of threats that are out there. You'll realize that there are places where the intel is so solid that the whole idea of a lot of stuff I talk about on here doesn't apply. But I don't teach that because regular people don't have that out there. So you need the ways to look at stuff to figure out what's good and bad information. But if you go work in a place like this, it'd be crazy. Like, There's been guys that have worked in the military, usually like in SOCOM, have gone to work for CIA, whether they're working ground branch, field operations, targeting, whatever. You know, places like SOCOM, when it comes to direct action missions, people in the regular military get to go work with SOCOM, even for a couple of days or like a six-month short-term assignment, are almost sad and depressed when they come back to the regular army because of everything SOCOM has, all the assets available, all the ISR, all the capabilities, all the collection all the platforms, everything they have. It's just what what it would be great if all the military could have it. So many things would be different in all these wars and things that we do. Those guys, though, that work in SOCOM as careerists and then they go over to CIA, that's how they feel. They see what CIA can really do, what the capabilities really are, the type of information that's really out there, and then they go back and look at stuff at SOCOM and they feel like that kid who went back to the regular army, like, how do we even get anything done? The other thing, too, is in some of these jobs, you'll sign non-disclosures that will last many years. There are rare positions where you'll sign the secrecy agreement, which is essentially lifelong. So there will be things for a lot of people that you can never talk about or you can't talk about for so long, but by the time you can, you may not or it may not even matter anymore. That whole idea of a brotherhood or people you served with or somebody you went to school with, that group of friends, whatever your walk of life and field is, that exists in places like this. But most of it's based on things that you know that nobody else knows. Where you'll sit there and see things happen on the news or see people talk about a current event or what's happening because it made the news. And you'll just sit there quietly and say nothing. And you won't focus a whole lot on how wrong they are or how they're just reacting to the news or how their emotions are leading them because you can see all that easily. You'll be thinking about how they don't really know anything that's going on. You can't really talk about it. And you spend most of your time understanding people better just by watching them thinking, yep, this is exactly how people are. I love these people in my family, but you know, it's eye-opening to see how people really react to information and then knowing if they really knew what was happening how differently they would see the world. Now, that being said, if by chance a person's thinking about military intelligence, it's much easier. All you have to do is enlist in the military, pick a service, pick a field you want to work in. There are a few different differences, you know, especially when it comes to things like criminal investigation, human intelligence, counterintelligence. Those get bundled together in different packages based on the branch of service. But most of the intel jobs do exist in most of the branches. There's not really, for most of them, saying one's any better than the other. Most of them train in Arizona, but they train in other places. You can be an officer if you've got a degree and you can commission. The thing is, 
what do you want to do in Intel? If you want to do collection, dissemination, get the information, process the information, you don't want to be an officer. Officers are categorized very generally. They can work anywhere as a sort of supervisor in, in their field. So in this case, intelligence, they'll be paired with a non-commissioned officer who's very senior in the military, who has specifics in one or more disciplines, and they'll follow a lot of their lead. And then some of them will even have warrant officers that are technical experts in a field and lead most of the operations anyway. So it just depends on what route you want to go. Other than that, you're a soldier. You got to do a lot of other things other than the job. It's a lot easier to get into, but it's a stepping stone to getting into the intelligence community. Now you're going to go do four years as an officer enlisted and then go work in the intelligence community doing something cool or anything at all. Not likely. Probably going to need eight years, maybe 10. You need to show that career advancement, need to take advantage of opportunities Try to get special assignments when you're in the military. Try to get to work with SOCOM. Try to get to work with federal agencies, law enforcement agencies. Try to get into special programs and that I can't talk about here, but there are many. You would also find that there are, once you're in, four or five years, probably around that time, probably on the five-year time frame at the earliest, You'll likely be in a position where you start receiving information or finding out about programs on the high side, that's the classified side that you can apply to, some of which are uniform members getting trained by and working directly with an agency as part of that agency to where nobody really knows you're in the military. I mean, you know and they know, but most people think you just work there if you even tell them. As far as Understanding the question of talent, what it really comes down to is they're looking for a wide range of jobs. They don't put a lot of specifics in there what they need. They're going to do an exhaustive interview, exhaustive polygraph, background checks, psychological assessments, health check. It is the total package, and it is not done in a day. It's done over a period of time. Sometimes it might take more than one trip to go there and get it checked out, depending on the job you're going for. If you get to that point, then you go into your training program. And you just have to remember it's it's a job. Until you get through training and get a position, you can be fired at any moment. Now, like any job, you can be fired, but you can just be cut loose immediately. There are situations in training at some of these locations where you could be sitting down and they'll show you how to do something. They'll show it to you for five minutes. Walk around, let you work with it a little bit. Let you practice for another 10, 15 minutes. And they say, okay, we're going to test you. And you test one time, and if you screw up, you're done. That does exist in some places. Not all of them, but in a few places, there are things like that. So it's helpful to have the background and experience. You want to get as much as you can. Is there stuff you can do on your own without any of these other requirements? Sure, you can try to do a lot of things on the civilian side, but not many of them are going to factor in. Like, you want to go work as a shooter in one of these agencies? You can go get all the NRA certifications you want and all the private schools you want. It's not really going to matter. You know, if you were a real shooter in the military, in the soft community, and you had all that training, did real-world missions and operations, been to war, that says a lot more than somebody that's paid for their classes on their own. So don't try to find the easy way. Don't try to find a better way. There is only one way. It'll never fully be explained. And just give it your best shot. Don't let it intimidate you. If it intimidates you and confuses you and frustrates you, All I can tell you is you should stop right away because there'll be a lot more that will do the same thing and 
even if you make it through the interview, you'll probably get cut anyway. If you don't care and you're just like, yeah, sign me up, you have the best shot at it. You know, it's kind of like, kind of like that movie. <laughs> I think it's, is it called CIA? No, it's called uh, Central Intelligence. It's with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart. It's a silly, silly movie, but it's it's funny. But in the it's a comedy, and if you haven't seen it, The Rock's like the CIA guy, and he went to high school with Kevin Hart, and he like brings him into this save the world situation. But it gets to the point where he's like, he's like, I just got to ask you one question: Are you in or are you out? And Kevin Hart's like, Well, I I need to know what's going on. He's like, We don't have time for that. You're just either in or you're out. And he goes, Well, I think I'm out. And he goes, Ah, but you're already in. He's like, well, why'd you even ask the question? Well, I, th I thought you'd be in. But as funny as it was, the point is there can be times and places where it's you're in or you're out and you don't get any information. If you're the guy that's like, cool, sign me up, you're the guy that should definitely go chase down these types of jobs. If you're like, no, I can't make a decision like that. You know, that's frustrating. That's confusing. You're just messing with me. Just, just walk away because you're going to not make it. You're not going to fit well there. Military side's a lot more forgiving, but you're not doing intel the whole time. Any job you sign up for, you're not doing the whole time. Civilian side, far more real. And there's a bridge between the two, and you don't have to have military to get in there. You can go through the college side. I would just say, take what I've said, look at all the other agencies out there, federal agencies too. You know, if you're an intel analyst, you want to be an analyst, you know, get into the CIA. There's places even outside the intelligence community that need intel analysts. So there's lots of jobs to do. If you're a psychologist, you want to go work at the CIA and that doesn't work out, that's fine. NSA needs psychologists. Other intelligence agencies need psychologists. The military needs psychologists. Law enforcement agencies need psychologists. There's places for you to go and contribute. So you're not going to necessarily be asked, well, why this agency? You're going to be asked, why this job? What is it you're looking to do? Because the thing is, with the right mindset, the right goals in mind about what you want to do, you pretty much could do that anywhere. And that's that's the thing you're looking for. Where is going to be the best fit for you? And that's going to be based on the needs they have at the time. So I know this could be a little vague. Probably seems that way. I just wanted to give that quick rundown, maybe help that guy out. Definitely go back and listen to the episode I mentioned before, How to Be a Professional Gray Man, where I talk a little more about this in a different aspect and definitely uh, shoot me your questions. If you're thinking about getting into Intel anywhere, military, civilian side, whatever you want to do, and you got questions, comments, or concerns, let me know and I will address them. If you like this episode, don't forget us a like, share, heart, whatever your platform is using and make sure you let people know you think will enjoy this material. Give us a review on Apple podcast or wherever you're at. And don't forget to check out the show notes and check out dmrpublications.com. And we will be back again shortly with more information right here on Grayman, Hiding in Plain Sight.